Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into a Friday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Sam and Eli are going to produce the broadcast today. Uh, we are live today from Athens, Georgia, where Gator Baseball last night lost a tough game. Uh, we'll talk some about that today. There's lots to talk about today. Let me first say, um, for those of you who normally email the program, we cannot do emails today because the host, yours truly, Steve Russell, forgot the iPad. Yeah, and coming up to Athens, I just plain forgot it. So today, hopefully, uh, you'll pick up a phone and we can talk sports. And there's a lot to discuss today. I'll tell you what, I, I, I understand uh, this league is extremely competitive. But last night was tough. I mean, Florida did not get a great start from Hunter Barco. But he kept his team in the game. And that's all you can ask. I mean, if you look, look what happened last night, bottom of the first, home run, triple, RBI, single, single. And it was 2 nothing, just like that. But Barco settled down, gave up the solo in the fourth, but other than that, kept his team in the game. But at the end of the game, at the end of the game in the ninth inning, one out and then a walk, a strikeout and a hit by pitch. And then the single and the double game. This has been a recurring theme for Florida pitching this year with the walks and the hit batters, and it really came back to hurt them last night. Really, really tough. And tonight, the way – I don't know if Georgia did this on purpose, but their best pitcher, James Cannon, uh, was supposed to be matched up against Hunter Barco – uh, supposedly, Scott Strickland, the Georgia coach, wanted to keep him on his normal Friday night. Well, it actually worked out really well for them because Florida could not beat, um, I don't want to say second-line pitchers, but certainly they've had issues pitching. And now Florida faces their Hunter Barco, if you will, tonight. And then Saturday, we'll just, you know, it'll just see what happens. Uh, I, I would imagine Brandon Sprout pitches tonight. Um, but how long he'll go, how effective he'll be, remains to be seen. Interestingly, there was one other Thursday game. Uh, that was LSU, who had come in here uh, and took two out of three from Florida, held Florida to a team batting average of 183 in that series, and they lost at home last night to Auburn. I'm telling you, this league this year is going to be an absolute dogfight, and Florida has a stretch of games coming up here, folks, that's just unbelievable in terms of LSU, Georgia, Arkansas, Vandy, Tennessee. That is what's in a row here. And, and this is going to really test this team. So we'll get your thoughts on baseball. Gators softball uh, begins a series against Auburn. Women's Final Four uh, begins tonight in Minneapolis. Charlie Cream, the Women's basketball bracketologist for ESPN will join us at the bottom of the 1 o'clock hour. 
uh, to size that up. As you call in today, give me your final four picks, either for the men or for the women. And, of course, Monday uh, we will carry the national championship game as well. Uh, Jacob deGrom has shoulder tightness. Uh, that's, that, that's about as normal as a sun coming up every day. He's going to miss his spring training start. This guy just can't stay healthy for whatever the reason. Um, and then um, we will have discussion about umpires who are now in Major League Baseball going to address the crowd to discuss the decisions they have made via replay. Think about that. There's going to be an on-field mic. The umpire will walk over to the on-field mic, explain what, you know, what was being discussed, and then give the decision to the crowd. This in the face of trying to speed up the game. Yeah. All right. Lots to talk about today. Hope you'll talk sports with us. 392-8255. And that's all for today. Can't do email. So I'm asking you, pick up a phone today so we can talk some sports around our guests. Daryl will be first up. Daryl, hello. Hey, Steve. Uh, yeah, that was a tough loss last night, man. I fell asleep at 6 but woke up this morning and seen the highlights. Like, gosh, man, that was a heartbreaker. Yep. Uh, you know, Florida got the big homer from, from Judd. Looked like they were going to, you know, pull it out. They got the first out in the ninth. Uh, Anderson flew out, but then a walk. That's what started it. And then after a strikeout, a hit batter. And then two hits. So, you you know, if, if you don't walk guys, I mean, look, they could have hit a home run. I'm not saying that. But that's been a recurring theme this year, Darrell. Just, just too many guys hit by pitches, too many guys, you know, walking. Yeah. Steve, I'm going to put your baseball cap on. What is your opinion on the shift in baseball? Do you, are you for it or against it? Um, I'm for a modified shift. I, I don't mind if you play, you know, behind the bag at second. Uh, I'm not in love with three guys on either side of a base. I, I'm just, I'm just not in love with that. But I will also say this. If that's what is going to be employed – then hitters, and I'm seeing more of this now, are starting to hit against the shift. And that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think it's funny when they put the shift on and the batter goes the other way with the ball. I just laugh. I say, yeah, that's what you get for the shift, you know. Right, right. And that's what should be done. I mean, if you're a good hitter, and I understand they're shifting for a reason because that's where they think you normally hit the ball or you may have your best power hitting to that if you're a pull hitter. But, you know, there's going to be situations in the game, Daryl, where, you know, your job is to get on base. And that's why I love what Thompson's done on occasion. He's bunted. And because of that, now they leave the third baseman there when they move guys because he, because he has shown he will bunt for a hit when that's vacated. And that's what hitters should do. Right. All right, Steve, let me give you my uh, picks for this weekend. Give okay. me North Carolina and give me Kansas. Okay, that'd be – well, I mean, this is – again, this is about as blue-bloody a Final Four as you can get, so either way it's going to be like that. Daryl, thank you. Appreciate your call. Steve. Yep, let's bring David to the program. Hi, David. How you doing? 
Hey, David, good. Hey, uh, I was wondering, have you heard about the new overtime rules? Yeah, uh, the overtime rule, yes. Uh, for the for the, uh, for the the playoffs, yes. Okay, I guess we're having trouble with David's phone, so maybe he can call back. Um, try to call back, David. I don't know where you are, but we're not getting through. Um, I'm for that, very for that. Um, I don't like it, and, and I think the way it's constructed to not do it in the regular season is good because, look, there normally aren't a lot of ties, but when there are, that's more wear and tear, that's more wear and tear on the player, et cetera, over a long season. But in the playoffs, when it counts, that's you got to have both teams touch the ball. And I really think that's the way it should be. And speaking of that, NFL draft is less than 30 days away now. Uh, but let me get to David first. He's back. Let's see if he's got a better phone here. Go ahead, David. Hey, Steve. I apologize for that. Um, oh, much my- better. Much better. Yeah, much better. Uh, my question was, uh, actually, like, I kind of, I'll agree with it. I like that you give both teams a chance. But then you had um, some probably future Hall of Famers come out, like A.J. Hawk and uh, Darius Butler, and say that, well, you know, defense is part of the game, too. Like, they had no problem of overtime. They're not scared of overtime. But um, my, my question was, do you think that um, it's a bit beneficial to have both teams touch the ball? And also, do you think the NFL tries out these new rules in the postseason um, just so that they have a um, like a small sample size before they decide to elect it for the entire season. Because as a Steelers fan, I was a victim of the uh, notorious Tebow touchdown in overtime when it was the first time they had changed the rules. And uh, that, that kind of just – we get to go down history as the first team to lose in the new overtime rules. I'm glad they're changing again so that gets erased. But uh, – um, I just wanted your thoughts on if you think they use it as that and if you think that um, sudden death was really that bad of an idea. No, I, I think it. I like when leagues tweak rules because the game changes. Athletes change. And let's face it, there's more at stake now, David, with money and all of that than ever before. So I get it. You know, you don't, on, on the one side, you don't want with so it's a long regular season, and then you add in playoff games. That's a lot of wear and tear on a body in the NFL. So I get it not doing it in the regular season, but in the postseason, and I understand that if you want to go the route of hey, stop them. It's your job to stop them, and you didn't too bad. But after the regular season is over, after you've done all of that to get to the playoff. I think both teams need to touch it. So I like the rule. I got you. Um, one other thing, and I'll take it off the air. I think it was CBS Sports um, after the Senior Bowl and the Combine had uh, Damian Pierce as number one or number two as running backs in the draft. And I wanted your opinion on that, if you really think he's that good or if you think that it's kind of a little overrated. And I'll take that off the air. Have a good one. Okay. Steve. Yep, thank you. He is going to be an interesting process when it comes to the draft for two reasons one i think the nfl is going to love him because he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body we all know the story of sharing the carries here so you know very seldom did he carry the ball 
more than you know eight, ten, twelve times a game. So NFL is going to love that because he's got a lot of wear on the tires left. That's A. B. He has really shined in at the combine. He's really shined uh, when they had their thing in Alabama. So I think he's moving up now. Does that mean he's going to be, you know, the first or second running back taken? I don't think so, but I do think he's improved his draft stock because of what he has done. 12-14, 12-15, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Call us up, Talks and Sports, live today in Athens, Georgia. We get set for Gator Baseball tonight, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now. On ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Christopher Cappielli. Gator Gymnastics continues their run in the NCAA tournament tonight, facing Auburn, Kentucky, and Denver on the road to the championships. Florida baseball looks to bounce back from a heartbreaking loss in Game 2 against the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens tonight. Coverage will start here at 555. Gator softball starts their series against the Auburn Tigers tonight, hoping to make a statement win after a series loss to Tennessee last weekend. First pitch will be thrown at 7 p.m. Florida volleyball continues their spring schedule, facing off against the UCF Knights tonight at 7. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Christopher Capielli. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Folks have been telling you a long time now about Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville. 310 Northeast 39th Avenue. The Cousins family has owned and operated that business for over 40 years. And for much of that time, I have been a loyal Southeast Car Agency customer. Look, I'm just like anybody else. When I buy a product, I buy a car, I want it to last. I want it to be good. I want it to be something I like. And most importantly, I want to buy it from a dealership that I trust and buy it from a dealership that just wants to make me a happy customer and get me the vehicle I'm looking for. This is what Southeast Car Agency has done for over 40 years to thousands and thousands of customers all throughout North Central Florida. Take my advice when you're driving, do it safely, but look around you at a stoplight. There's a really good chance you're going to see a car with a Southeast Car Agency type because they have sold tons of them. Go online, secars.com. You'll see the vehicles they have in stock right now, all the Points are there uh, that you want to see, price, etc. You want to go see them in person, Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville. Test drive the vehicles for yourself, and you get their sales staff is there to answer any questions you might have. But as always, when you go see them in person, make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. We're all on this planet together. So join Odyssey in Counting Down to Earth Day. With 21 days to go, here is one thing tip number one. During the spring and summer, hang your clothes outside to dry instead of using the dryer. Not only will you save electricity and money, but your clothes will get that fresh outdoor scent. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing, 
makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? Life is all about choices. Veggies or meat, sleep in or hit the gym. Luckily, choosing Cox Internet over AT&T is easy. With Cox, you can always choose Internet that can deliver speeds even faster than 5G providers. With AT&T, you don't. That's easier than packing a swimsuit for the pool. Get Cox today, the no-brainer choice for fast and reliable Internet. Based on gigablast download speeds up to 1 gigabyte per second compared to average download speeds over 5G. Download speed up to 1 gigabyte per second requires Doxis 3.1 modem with 2.5 gigabyte per second Ethernet port. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill is a special type of place for Gator fans and fans of great food, which is why we've made every day special. Join us on Martini Tuesdays for half off our handcrafted martinis and Wine Wednesdays, where you can enjoy a bottle of wine for 50% off. And of course, don't forget the incredible Spurrier's Gridiron Grill brunch every Saturday and Sunday. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, the hottest restaurant in Florida, in the heart of Gator Nation. And you can now purchase our merchandise at the restaurant or online at shop.spurriers.com. In 1971, we established the Meldon Law Firm, and since that time, the firm has been dedicated to getting the justice our clients deserve after being seriously injured in an accident. Our commitment to this community is paramount, and we won't back down in representing our clients. Meldon Law is the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and Lake City. From the diamond to the dugout, we are your home for Florida Gator baseball. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gator. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Our producer, Sam Patosa, just told me that the uh, L.A. Dodgers just traded for Craig Kimbrell. Um, they just keep getting richer, don't they? Today we are live with Sports Scene in Athens. Let's get some calls. Alan is first up. Alan, what's up? How are you? I'm okay. Uh, the cat and mouse game that was involved in calling the balls and strikes in that Florida-Georgia baseball game, it kind of reminds me sometimes of uh, a, a radio evangelist that get a minute to speak uh, and it's kind of a cat and mouse game for them too, because the cat is trying to uh, attract people to uh, to their own hypocrisy. Um, uh, but what happens with uh, if you deliberately position your head in a place where um, is unconventional, uh, but still allowed by the rules of baseball, then you. Can you have a backup reason for uh, giving balls and strikes in favor of one team or another? I'm going to not. No, that's not true. That is not true. I'm basing it on your observations of this game, in which he put his head on one side of the home plate, but not on the other side. But that mean, but but the calls where he's positioning is the same for both teams, not just for one. It doesn't. That's what you believe, but he. No, that, no, that's the truth. That, that's not what I believe. It's what the truth is, Alan. That's that's the truth. I don't believe it because I think he's just using it as a as a cloaking device, um, uh, so he can uh, be in favor of one team or another uh, for critical periods of time, critical pitches, and uh, and. 
and that's I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I know I know what you're saying. It's wrong, but I know what you're saying. Well, why don't they put their just put their head in right smack in the middle of the plate so as to be equal to both sides of the plate? Why? Is because the the home plate umpire is from Georgia. Okay, Alan, thank you for your call. Uh, that's welcome. just ridiculous, but thank you. Uh, okay, Tony, you're up next. How are you? <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting call, Steve. I like it. I wow. like it, man. Yeah. Hey, um, th- 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 there's also an alien that's going to be doing the game tonight, too, just so you know. Okay, go ahead. We can only hope. Hey, Steve, uh, gut punch yesterday, man. The worst part about it is that you burned your best middle reliever in Slater, um, and you burned your best starter in Barco. And now, like you said, you're going up against Cannon, so it's going to be tough to get two out of three here. You got kind of hope to almost save one. And uh, with that, you know, it reminds me of what Bill Parcells said, one of the greatest coaches of all time in all sports, you know, that there comes a point where you're where you are, what your record says you are. And when you keep um, losing games in the weekend that you probably could win. And that's why it's so important to win that Sunday game against Alabama, you know, a team that you should have swept and you did it because in this tough SEC more often than not, you're, you're going to be on the short end of a two-loss weekend, okay? And, um, you know, unless a couple of things change, Steve, meaning somebody steps up in that rotation or this offense steps up and carries this team, which to this point, they can't. This is not an offense that's going to carry you. They have home run stats that you could point to, but – you know, at this stage of the season, 30-something games in, this is not an offense that's going to carry you because they're not doing it against what's subpar pitch, and they're going to face much better pitching coming up now. So it's a little concerning. And I'll tell you what disappoints me the most, Steve, out of this season. And Sully's a great guy. This is not a fire Sully call. Please, come on, give me a break. But, you know, we only got one guy in the transfer portal. And that happened to have been in the deepest position on our team, which was Ryapel as catcher. When you look at that bullpen, a whole an all-freshman bullpen, to not have brought in an arm for that bullpen, when I look at other teams in the SEC, and they're scattered with transfer pitchers all over the place, okay? I think something happened this offseason that Sully was asleep at the wheel, and he missed out on bringing in some people. ESPN put a stat on yesterday where 20-something freshmen are on the roster. There's like nine sophomores, five juniors, and like zero seniors. Some stat to that extent. In this day and age, you can't let your roster management get like that because that's what's going to happen. You're going to have probably talented kids, but you're going to have this type of results, Steve. So I think huge opportunity lost this offseason, and that's, I think, what I'm most disappointed in is going into the season – with an all-freshman bullpen. That's not a recipe for success, man. Yeah, and it, well, it's really sad because, again, you don't have Nick Pogue, you know, who's not, you know, there yet. That would have been a key piece because of his injury. You know, he's not there. And then he's not part of the bullpen, but, you know, Timmy Manning. And I'm not, you know, look, these are kids, okay? I'm not, I'm not throwing, you know, stones at him, but highly, highly recruited, and he was – looking to be a weekend starter and your starters go longer you don't tax your bullpen as much tony that's part of it too 
So, you know, if the starters, you know, Brandon Sprout, let's just use Sprout and Manning. You know, if they go six, most starts, okay, you can piece together your bullpen. But if you're going, you know, four or five, well, now, you know, you're asking your bullpen, a young bullpen, to do a lot more. That's, that's, that's asking a lot more. Yeah, definitely. And that was the first point, that, you know, just a couple of guys got to step up in that rotation that weren't, that were dependent on and just haven't been doing it. And just honestly, I don't think that they're going to do it. I've kind of given up on a couple of those guys. I think Sproat will give you one good start every two or three outings, but that's going to kill you, especially if that's your Saturday guy. So I think it might be a little rocky, man, for the rest of the season coming up. And that schedule is daunting, man. Um, So we'll see, man. Buckle up. Okay, thank you, Tony. Yep, appreciate your call. Yeah, that as I mentioned, that schedule is tough coming up, which is actually starting uh, right now with this series. 1227, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. It's our hope. We'll be talking to Gator great Wes Chandler coming up next, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. There's Easter candy for the kids, and then there's Easter candy for you. Find your Easter basket at Thornbrook Chocolates. This year, make sure to try one of their egg-siding assortments, where even the tray is made of chocolate. Find them in Thornbrook Village at thornbrookchocolates.com and on Facebook. Longer days, warmer weather. This is the time of year you need to be enjoying life without joint pain. Time to call QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is helping people here and all over America get real lasting pain relief. They use highly concentrated cutting-edge natural biologic treatments that can restore and repair damaged joint tissue, getting to the root of the pain. It's life-changing. You can get back to moving like you used to with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. If you have nagging pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, or back, and you're done with steroids and pain meds, call QC Kinetics. And if they're telling you surgery is your next option, don't do it. Call QC Kinetics for a free consultation and free second opinion. Learn more about these amazing natural biologic treatments enjoy this time of year doing what you love call the local medical professionals at qc kinetics now now with offices in ocala and the villages 352-400-4550 that's 352-400-4550 before we left the hospital my daughter received her newborn hearing screening It only took a couple of minutes, and it was a painless test. When our son was born, the doctors tested his heart and found out his blood oxygen levels were low. As a dad, nothing is more important than your child's health. It was that initial screening that led to her early identification of hearing loss. And as a result, we found out about our baby's rare condition, which allowed us to review treatment options quickly. Go to floridanewbornscreening.com to learn more. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. Everybody's friendly. You know, you walk into some places and you can tell who's having a bad day. Not here. It's like everybody's having a good day. Every day. Expect the unexpected. I thought I had the worst dental problems that anyone could have. Not so. Uh, once it, once we got into the procedures and, and he explained everything that was going to be done, my problems seemed few. If you have any type of hang-ups, fears, anxiety about going to the dentist, which most people probably do, I can assure you, especially from my experience, that they'll relax you. 
enough to where you, you don't have those fears or anxieties. And that's been the greatest part of, of being here, and that's why I continue to stay here. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Get a nice little break from showers and thunderstorms for your Friday with partly cloudy skies. Today, highs in the lower 80s. We'll see a return to rain chances, though, just in time for your Saturday, mainly during the afternoon and evening. Some of the rain could be heavy at times. Might even hear a few rumbles of thunder, some even strong storms possible, especially south of Ocala, looking drier and sunnier by Sunday. From the UF Weather Center, meteorologist Justin Ballard. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Now I look at Ron Rivera and I look at the commanders and I say, Carson Wentz, was he just a placeholder? Because there's a part of me that looks at Taylor Heineke and I'm thinking, man, I kind of like what I see from Taylor Heineke more so than what I see from Carson Wentz. I see the influence in how Taylor Heineke fights for it and I see the way other people don't respond to Carson Wentz. That makes me worried about his leadership. Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Follow ESPN Gainesville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay up to date with the latest information, interviews, stories, contests, and events. We are 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. I'm Mick Cupert, voice of the Gators, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the flagship of the Florida Gators. Yeah, I think if you've been listening... Over the years, you know how much I really enjoy doing Gator baseball broadcasts while I'm here in Athens uh, for today. Uh, but today is one of those days uh, that I'm torn. I wish I was back home because a lot of former Gator football greats are gathering over at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill to honor Leonard George and Willie Jackson Sr. and getting uh, money raised for their scholarship endowment, golf tournament going on, a big dinner tonight. Here to talk about that uh, is Gator great Wes Chandler. Wes, good to have you. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Certainly a pleasure to be here with you. Wes, uh, you and I are contemporaries as far as uh, going to school together. I watched you play and uh, was just in awe of your ability. As you get back for this and, uh, you know, you look at what's going on here, how much pride do you have you know, in, in terms of what Leonard and Willie did and, you know, paving the way for you and others. How much pride do you take in that? I take great pride in it because, uh, as I was saying to in a text message uh, to one of the former players, I said, for me, this was one of the reasons why I went to University of Florida. And to be able to now have the first two African-American players that ever played at Florida have an endowment uh, for future moving forward. It, it's a real honor, uh, and I'm, I'm blessed to have been a part of that history. I may have been part of the fifth class probably going to Florida myself. And so, therefore, when I look at it, it it's, it's just uh, it's touching. It's, mon- it's a monumental opportunity for a lot of players who may not know the history of the University of Florida especially African-American players. When you were growing up, 
and you saw this happening, Wes. You saw Leonard George and Willie Jackson Sr. You know, get into the University of Florida. Were you cognizant of that? How much did that mean to you when you were a kid? It, it meant a lot, tremendous, because I grew up in Florida. I grew up in a little small town, New Smyrna Beach, about two, two hours away, two and a half hours away. And it gave me the opportunity to play somewhere where my family could just drive over and see me uh, play. And so that was the impact. They opened those doors, and it gave, it gave me an opportunity to allow my family to come see me participate as a collegiate. Um, before I go further with this, what are you doing now? Well, I am the CEO of a company and founder of a company called WCTE. It's a neurological Regenerative uh, company that uh, treats in uh, from a preventative identification and treatment perspective on CTE, uh, and and certainly we know about the issues that that players suffer when they play the sport, and because CTE is new, uh, there's little known science about it. There's no real expert opinion, but players are dying. And I woke up one day. I go to a bank to do an endowment, a signature, uh, and I couldn't write my name. Wow. And that's when I realized I, I too, had become a victim of uh, brain inflammation that ended up, I ended up having Parkinson's tremors. And so every day now I wake up trying to do something, and I, do, I, I don't like reading about players who have passed away or have gone on because of this brain inflammation that, they be, that they're suffering from, uh, attributed from uh, CTE. I would imagine uh, not only players from your generation, but there's going to be a lot of players from a lot of different generations you know, at the banquet. That's going to be kind of fun to have everybody get together for this common cause, right? To, to me, it's a it's a bridge between the young and the old, uh, the legendary players, players who paved the way, allowed the younger players today to be able to attend the University of Florida. And so to be able to come together, rub elbows, and exchange war stories, to me, it's a tremendous opportunity. And uh, I think uh, they, we all should relish upon that because a lot of the new players don't know who the older players are. And the same thing uh, in the reverse. Uh, a lot of us older players, we know them by name, but we have not really had an opportunity to break bread or just uh, have a beer or something with the younger players uh, that came 20 years after us. And so this is is a major milestone in my eyes to be able to bridge uh, the generations. Do you think uh... – not just African-American players, Wes, but, you know, players today really appreciate the things you all had to go through to pave the way. Do you think that's appreciated by, by the younger generation? Very little, very, very little, because I don't think they recognize, and again, it's about the history. And I think sometimes when you can sit, you can have a gathering of this nature, and you can sit and have conversation. I think it opens their eyes. Uh, it's the educational process of uh, learning the history and how things were versus what they are today. And so you you come to have a greater appreciation for those that had gone before you 
and it helps you pave an even better way for those that will come behind you. I'm going to end with a couple of things here. Do you follow the NFL game today much? If you do, what are your thoughts? I don't follow it as much. I think it's it's it's. Uh, I think the one thing I love the sport because the sport has done so much for me and my family. Uh, the good Lord blessed me with a lot of talent. I played with a lot of guys, and I've always cherished being able to participate, be it at Florida, be it in the National Football League, uh, with some outstanding players. Uh, Establish some great friendships, uh, business working relationships as well. And uh, but what I see is a watered down version of when the game first started. Um, when I first went into the National Football Football League versus where it is today, um, the Pro Bowl I hate. Can't watch it. It looks more like flag football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah, uh, I'm saying to myself, this is not the sport that we represented. This is not uh, what I thought an all-star game should look like. But I, I understand it. The money, the economics, and the bottom line is so large that they have to uh, protect themselves to a degree. But I think something has to be done with that part of it. And then the contracts are so astronomical. Uh, it's not even funny. And I look back at the strikes that we had and we went through for the right for free agency and the ability for players to get their self-worth, their value uh, for what they participated in in that particular sport. Uh, they've come a long way, but still there's a long way to go with regards. And that's for all players, not not just an artist, but all players in general. Final thing, Wes, do you, I mean, in the, the generation of players at Florida that you played with, uh, do you keep in touch with a lot of them? Is that a pretty tight-knit group? I try and do my best uh, to do so, and, and a lot of players are spread it out. Those that are not here in Gainesville get more of that opportunity than I do. I live in the northern part of California, of course, and uh, so it's, it's, it's sometimes hard, uh, but I do take the time to text and every now and then have a conversation with some old teammates, and it's just a real joy uh, to hear their voices, to read their text messages, to send them text messages as well. Uh, but even now, it's this opportunity I would not have missed if I was even in Canada. I would have I would have made it a, a, a priority to uh, get here, to participate and be a part of this, and just to, to sit down and have conversation with old teammates and those that I didn't play with. Wes, it should be fun. And uh, this is a great thing, obviously. And uh, I appreciate you always taking the time to talk to us here. Thank you for doing it. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have been here. And I'd like to say this, if I may. Sure. Anyone that's willing to uh, give contribution to this, because all proceeds will go to the UF Booster uh, Scholarship uh, Fund, they can go to the website, www.wjjm.org, and uh, pay tribute, give a contribution, anything uh, is no, noteworthy for such a tremendous cause. And if they have a chance to come out there in Gainesville, nothing to do but just also maybe curious to meet some of the old gators, uh, Papa gators, as we call them, the older gators. <laughs> uh, come on out and have a good time. Look forward to, to, to meeting some, some of the uh, people in the Gainesville area. Uh, a lot of the alumni, even if you didn't play, come on out, have a good time with us. Uh, we'll be right there 
um, for most of the night at Spurrier's and uh, looking forward to just uh, hanging out and having a good time and enjoying some great conversation. Like I said, Wes, I, I always enjoy doing Gator baseball broadcast. That's where I am today in Georgia. But this is one time I wish I was home because I wish I could come and, and, and check out some of the old guys. So enjoy it. Have a lot of fun and, and appreciate you doing it. Thank you. Thank you, sir, very much, and thank you for having me. Okay, Wes, thank you. Uh, I, I know that fans who are younger may not remember him. He is one of the best football players to ever play at this university, period, period. He was an incredible, incredible athlete. All right, we are just tuning in. We are live today in Athens, Georgia, getting ready for Gator Baseball tonight. Uh, we will not take emails today because I forgot the iPad, so it'll just be your phone calls today. Another Gator great uh, from just about West Chandler's era, Wayne Fields is going to join us to talk more about what's going on over at Spurrier's and for the weekend uh, in honoring Leonard George and Willie Jackson Sr. with the endowment. And then uh, Charlie Cream is going to join us from ESPN. He does the bracketology for women's basketball. As you call in today, also give me your final four picks. You can talk Gator baseball. Let's talk sports. 12.43, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Manny Rodriguez, and here's your sports for the weekend. Be sure to tune in tonight at 5.55 as Gators baseball is back in action for the second game of their road series against Georgia. Gators softball also finds themselves on the road this weekend against Auburn. And Gators gymnastics is also in Auburn as they compete in the NCAA regional second and final round. Both men's and women's tennis are in SEC play this afternoon. The men host LSU at 5, while the women are in Lexington to face the Kentucky Wildcats. Track and field hosts Pepsi Relay starting today. On Sunday, lacrosse travels to face Cincinnati. Both tennis teams match up against Vanderbilt. And men's golf competes in the Calusa Cup. Finally, the Tampa Bay Rays face the Boston Red Sox in spring training today, while the Lightning hosts the Chicago Blackhawks tonight at 7 p.m. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Manny Rodriguez. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill is a special type of place for Gator fans and fans of great food, which is why we've made every day special. Join us on Martini Tuesdays for half off our handcrafted martinis and Wine Wednesdays, where you can enjoy a bottle of wine for 50% off. And of course, don't forget the incredible Spurrier's Gridiron Grill brunch every Saturday and Sunday. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, the hottest restaurant in Florida, in the heart of Gator Nation. And you can now purchase our merchandise at the restaurant or online at shop.spurriers.com. Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi includes advanced security to help protect all your connected devices. You'll get real-time alerts. Oh, like this one. So you don't have to worry about malware. Or when your kid downloads a song from a shady link. And now all your computer can play is... Red color, red color, where are you? <sighs> all blocked, thanks to advanced security. Included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. Since 1971, Meldon Law has been dedicated to giving back to our community with programs like Law Talk Live on the Sky every Saturday at 1030. You can also join our podcast, Meldon Law and Friends, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and 37 other audio platforms. 
Melden Law, the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and Lake City. Drugs and alcohol have real effects on your ability to drive. In fact, last year, more than 800 people died in impaired driving crashes in Florida. DUIs are costly and you will lose your license. You may even face jail time. DUIs will stay on your record for 75 years. Driving while impaired has real consequences. Impairment is no illusion. Never drive impaired. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Sometimes a family needs a little help to deal with life stresses. You can contribute to happy, healthy childhoods with a few simple steps. Notice families under stress. Offer a helping hand. Give your time. Talk about healthy child development. Connect a family with resources. Contributing to a great childhood can be as easy as being a good neighbor. For more, preventchildabusefl.org. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Coming up at 4, it's the tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley. Right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is University of Florida President Kent Fox, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. All right, we are back. We will take your phone calls, talks, and sports. There's plenty to talk about today. Gator baseball and softball, uh, the Final Four. Give me your picks on that. What are your thoughts on Major League umpires now getting a microphone uh, to talk to the crowd, to tell them exactly what uh, their decision is when they uh, make a play? Yeah. It's... I get it. I get it. But here's what I wish would happen in all these sports, okay? If you want to tell me you're trying to speed up the sport, that's all well and good. That doesn't speed up the sport. It slows it down. So if you're trying to find other ways to do it, then okay, but this flies in the face, and this is, again, why one of the reasons I believe baseball fans sometimes get very frustrated because you're saying one thing and the actions you take are going exactly opposite what you're saying. Makes no sense. Let's, uh, oh, I, I forgot to tell you, I did not bring the iPad today, so no emails. I apologize for that. Uh, we're back in studio on Monday. We'll be back to normal. So today I'm asking that you can call and uh, talk a little sports with us, 392-8255. Final four. This is, I've said it like 20 times, this is as blue-bloody a final four as you're going to get. I mean, maybe if Kentucky were in it instead of Villanova, but it's, it's pretty blue-bloodish. I, I for uh, Coach K, let's win it for the Gipper kind of thing. But I've kind of bought into it now. I think North Carolina is playing great, but it's hard to beat a good team twice. And North Carolina 
spanked Duke and Cameron Indoor not long ago, and Duke's not going to forget that. So I think they win. And I think Kansas wins. And I feel badly for Villanova, but they've got to keep this game in the 50s or 60s. If it starts getting to be an offensive game, trouble. So I think Kansas and Duke will play Monday night, and you can hear the game here. Also, uh, when it comes to some other things that are going on, there's more SEC baseball coming up, and we'll see what happens tonight in game two of this series. The Gators have a tough – think about this. LSU is three and four in the SEC. Florida is three and four in the SEC. That's just where we are now in terms of this league. I was fooled, and I understand we're only, you know, a little bit into the season, but the Kentuckys and the Missouris and the Auburns have been a little more competitive than I thought they would be. And I guess that's good. Uh, Okay. I hope this isn't Allen that we had before, but we'll see if it's Allen. Allen, go ahead. Oh, I was looking at how how I could turn it into something constructive. Uh, If the umpire uh, can move his head to the right or left, depending on the travel of the ball, then the angles are not so deceptive. Because the home plate is on ground level, and and if he stays on the batter side, then he's likely to uh, not see uh, accurate angles on the other side of the batter. So he moves his head to the right or left, depending on the travel, uh, the the way the way the pitch is coming, and then uh, he has a better way of telling uh, whether the ball is still in the strike zone uh, based on a home plate that he can see easier. The angles are are, are much more accurate. When he does that, I just came up with this for the last in the last few seconds, last few few minutes. But you did help me because I don't want there to be a backlash about this. I want to be equal about which all teams, so that they, um, so that uh, they all at least. Let me meet you halfway, Alan. I think the biggest issue with umpires, uh, for me, is three things. And remember. For those of you who do not understand this, umpires are graded. Umpire, the SEC for SEC games uses a tracking system that tracks the calls the umpires makes, and they are graded. And I can tell you, Alan, some umpires have lost their jobs. So I can tell you that for a fact. Now, are they graded after they make the decision on the on the on the field? Do they look well, of at course. the videotape? Uh, uh, that if one if one side uh, wants it to be reviewed, then it's reviewed, and that means the game we'll be watching tonight will be reviewed immediately if there was a problem, right? Yeah, there. I mean, I don't know exactly when it's done, but they are graded, and if they don't make a certain standard, football officials same way, right? They that, could lose their jobs. But let me tell you where. Let me tell you where I think I number one, call the strike zone vertically. It is a defined strike zone. 
Many times we see umpires not call a high strike, anything above the belt. Well, it is a strike, so do that. To your point, I think it's not about where the eyes are, it's where they set up, okay? If you set up, like say on the outside shoulder of the catcher, well then maybe you will have trouble seeing a pitch inside a little more than you would. So, therefore, set up in the box. So, I mean, I, I kind of see the point you're saying. But, but that's, it, it's in the setup of where they are. And the other thing, I think, as a former pitcher, and Jeff and I do not agree with this, on, on this, Jeff is right when he says, well, that's a strike. You know, that, that should be a strike. Well, he, he is, but if the umpire is not going to change, then you as a pitcher and you as a hitter have got to adjust. I'm not saying that's right, but that's the way it has to be. Well, so. the best time to report it is when they make the decision because it's too late later. All right. Alan, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Three nine two eight two five five. You can email. No, no email today. I'm so used to saying that. Uh, no email today, uh, but we will take your calls. In the second hour, uh, we're going to talk more. I just heard from Wes Chandler, uh, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Wayne Fields, played at Florida, played terrifically in the 70s here. He will talk more about what's going on this weekend. He'll give you more of an itinerary of what's happening. And then uh, Charlie Cream is going to join us to talk on the women's Final Four. Uh, he'll be here. All right, if I have Sam there, let me get him to end the hour. Uh, and if Eli's there, I'll get your guys' thoughts too. Uh, let's do the Final Four. Uh, let's start Duke, Carolina. Who do you like? I got to go with Duke in this one, Steve. I, they're just too talented. UNC's made a heck of a run, but it's almost like a storybook ending for Coach K here. I'm going to go with Duke. And uh, Kansas Villanova? I'm going to go with Kansas. Look, if Villanova had Justin Moore, this is a different question, but they lost their leading score, averages 15 points per game. Eventually, I just think the scoring output of the Jayhawks would be too much for the Wildcats. Is Eli there? Yep. All right, Eli, what do you got? Um, as much as I would love to see Coach K go down to UNC, and I think <laughs> why uh, why do you want to see that? I I do. I'm a big Carolina basketball fan. Oh, I always okay, have been. Okay. Um, but it's it's uh it's a storybook ending, and I think that UNC is going to keep it close in the first half, and Duke is going to run away and end up on top by double digits uh, to end the the Carolina run, and then I'm right with Sam on Kansas as well. Um, the injury is going to kill Villanova, and um, unless it's unless it's a very low-scoring game, which which Villanova will like to play, I think that uh, the the Jayhawks will just uh, outmatch Villanova in the end. Okay, all right, guys, thank you. Uh, let me throw this out at the end of the hour here. Before coming to Athens, I reached out to see if I could talk to Mike White, and uh, I went through official channels here and i was told by people of georgia that it would quote not fit in his schedule unquote and that's fine i don't even know if mike's here he may still be in gainesville you know getting getting packed up and ready to go for all i know however uh when i got here for baseball yesterday it was a night game it was a late game at eight o'clock i got here early and parked and purposely walked to stegman coliseum and I tried every door possible to get in there, and they were all locked. I did see a couple of cars there, and uh, I tried looking in there to see if he was there, 
but no dice. So, Coach, if you're listening for some reason, um, I'd love to come say hello to you and uh, see how you're adjusting to the new environment here at the University of Georgia. And they just hired, for those who don't know, uh, Florida just played UCF in women's basketball, and UCF beat them. UCF's coach went to Georgia, and she was hired uh, as the new coach here for the women's program. So brand-new women's coach. Now, they didn't fire the women's coach here. She left to go to Texas A&M, but new men's coach, new women's coach. So a fresh start here for uh, Georgia in terms of their basketball programs. The, the women's team made the NCAA tournament. They, they weren't bad. Of course, the men under Tom Crean uh, did not do very well. So we'll see what happens with Mike White. That's our first hour. Wayne Fields will join us to talk more about what's going on in Gainesville this weekend with uh, George and Jackson. And then Charlie Cream talks women's bracketology, as, or actually women's Final Four. Here in Athens, Georgia, you can call us up and talk sports an hour or two, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAL. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. What I'll eat, I just don't know. Hey, Bob Rose here, and every time I look at the menu at Copper Monkey West, that's what I say to myself. They have so many delicious options, it's hard to decide. Should I get the chicken pot pie pasta with chunks of tender white chicken with veggies and rotini pasta in creamy chicken and cheddar cheese sauce? Oh, yeah. Or maybe one of their USDA choice steaks like the 12-ounce Certified Angus New York Strip. Maybe it's the black and red fish over wild rice with veggies. So delicious. And, of course, there's always the legendary Copper Monkey West Burgers, voted best in the area numerous times. You know, that's the thing, because whatever I end up choosing, I know the service will be top-notch. Because warm smiles and friendly faces make for a wonderful dining atmosphere. Is that what you're looking for? Good food, good service, good people? Well, it's all at Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. I'll see you there. You've been hearing about it. Now it's here. IDC Spectacular Storewide Spring Sale. Friday through Sunday, you save up to 20% storewide. Plus, take advantage of up to three years zero interest financing. You know when International Diamond Center has a sale, it's the real deal. And this is the big one. Designers are here with their entire collections. Rings, earrings, bands, bracelets, and yes, thousands of engagement ring mountings. I mean, you can't miss this. Up to 20% savings storewide. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday only at International Diamond Center. At Celebration Point on approved credit. Since 1988, the Alachua Conservation Trust has helped preserve more than 54,000 acres of land and wetlands in 16 North Central Florida counties. From easements to historical preservation to environmental education, your donation to the Alachua Conservation Trust assures these lands and new ones are protected for generations to come. Visit AlachuaConservationTrust.org to learn more and to make a donation. That's AlachuaConservationTrust.org. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hour two of Sports Scene commencing today live in Athens, Georgia with Gator Baseball after Florida's tough loss last night. They'll try to get the game tonight. You can hear it live here beginning at 5.55, and the weather is absolutely gorgeous today. 
Uh, it's actually kind of a nippy day uh, in the 60s, really nice ga- a day for a game. It's also a nice day in Gainesville today, and that's good. My next guest, Wayne Fields, I have known for more years than I, I think he or me care to talk about. It's been a long time since Wayne and I have uh, known each other. Gator great as well, and uh, he's part of the uh, Leonard George Willie Jackson Senior Endowment uh, Scholarship uh, drive that's going on now. Wayne, good to have you, man. Thanks for doing this. Steve, great to be here. You know, I, I reflect back when we actually did a high school state championship game with you the Gator High it. School Purple Hurricanes, and I was out of control. <laughs> I was cheering, <laughs> and, and we had some technical difficulties because we had to broadcast over the phone. Yeah. And so I'll remember that as one of the most embarrassing moments because when I listened to it afterwards, I went, what was I thinking? <laughs> but I think we were, I've made some advancements in um, broadcasting since then. Yes, yeah, and we were a lot younger then too, my friend. Um, what I want to do, Wayne, is for people who are listening that may not know anything about the, you know, what you guys are, what people are doing for, for uh, Leonard George and Willie Jackson Sr., Go back in time. When did this genesis of this start? When did this actually begin in getting this process started? Well, it started around November of 2021, and we got together as a group. One of our former teammates, a guy by the name of John Williams, had suffered um, some medical issues, and so we all went to visit him. Well, while we were there, we all got together and started talking, saying, you know, our time, man, we're in the fourth quarter of our life, and some may be in the overtime part of it. So we got together and said, let's recognize who all brought us here. And the two people who brought us here was Leonard George and Willie Jackson. So we organized what was called the Leonard George-Willie Jackson Endowment Committee, made up of Jimmy DuBose, the first 1,000-yard rusher for the Gators, John Williams, the first African-American kicker um, as well in the SEC, as a matter of fact, and for the Gators, Melvin Flanoy, who came out of Gainesville High School, a top-rated All-American, and myself. And so over a couple of months, we raised over $50,000, which made us official, and so now we're trying to get to the $250,000 mark by having a golf tournament like we're having and a fundraiser like we're having tonight at Coach Spurrier's off the restaurant. Uh, there's a golf tournament you mentioned, um, and I know I don't want you to name drop here, but there's going to be a lot. The great thing about this, Wayne, as I see it, it's not just – you know, your generation, but there's other generations of Gators that are coming to this. That, 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 that's a pretty cool thing. Absolutely. Coach Doug Dickey is going to be there. Steve Tannen and Carlos Alvarez, all-time defensive back player as well as wide receiver with Carlos. Nat Moore, he'll be there. Lee McGriff, Travis McGriff, Jimmy DuBose, as I said, John Williams, David Posey, Don Gaffney, first African-American quarterback. He'll be there along with a couple of his brothers, Derek and Warren, plus Wes Chandler. And, man, he he sounds great. I know he mentioned CTE, but he sounded great. Melvin Flanoy, Redell Anthony, 
and Terry Jackson, Willie Jackson, of course, they'll be there, Judd Davis. So we've got some even younger guys, Monty Duncan, Trey Everett, James Jones, and Terrence Barber. They'll wow. all be there to mingle with people, take pictures tonight at Celebration Point, and we have some great raffle gifts to give away or to uh, hopefully be used as a fundraiser. We have um, some game tickets. We have some helmets, autographed footballs, souvenir bags and souvenir shirts, and we have jerseys, actual jerseys that certain athletes wore. And we'll be raffling those off. We'll be on the patio by Steve Spurrier's restaurant tonight. Wow, that's really cool. Um, i got to ask you, my friend, the same thing I asked Wes. Um, when Leonard and Willie accomplished what they did, you know, as, as a local kid, you know, playing football at Gainesville High School, and them, you know, doing what they did at the University of Florida, what did that mean for you? Well, it meant everything, because they were the Jackie Robinsons of our time by coming here to the University of Florida. What a perfect group. What a perfect two. That duo came in together, and they graduated together. So they were role models to us. They would come out and watch my games when I was a senior in high school, and they convinced me. Two of my favorite players who will be here as well, Steve Tannen and Carlos Alvarez, I watched them play as a ninth grader um, at, at Howard Bishop. And so I actually have established a friendship. These guys are coming to do, to mingle and to play golf and to just enjoy themselves. But what Leonard and Willie meant to us, um, it's just unimaginable to say they were able to lead the way for the athletes that are coming here today. And we're all very proud of them because they get to smell the roses while they're here. They sure do. Wayne Fields, our guest here on Sports Scene. Wayne played his high school football at GHS and, of course, a terrific player at the University of Florida. One of the things I think, too, and, and the story really isn't told, but, look, you, you went through this, and I'm not pointing fingers at any players who were here who didn't accept this right away, but I, would you not agree? I mean, even though they did break the color barrier and all of that, there was still work to do in ensuing years to meld everything together. Is that, is that a fair statement? Oh, that's a very fair statement because people, you know, when they realize what it has taken to be an athlete as well as a student, that alone is without a doubt. That's so much pressure on you. I just can't imagine, Steve, playing nowadays with social media marketing, with the numerous podcasts that are taking place, with the comments that you hear. One time in one game at Florida Field, we were booed, and that had such a monumental effect. But the effect of it was some game changes, some, some roster changes were made, and we won five in a row. And it was a November to remember. That's how it's coined these days. But we are just so proud to be able to say that we attended the University of Florida and we gave it our all. And I know that the press won't be allowed to come into today 
the actual pairing party that we're going to have. But I'm sure tears will be shared and shed, and um, there'll be some stories that I'm sure a lot of people will be um, proud to say that they came here to the University of Florida to play football. And we would love to have Coach Napier here because these guys gave their hearts for the University of Florida. See, that is the, to me, as somebody who's, you know, like, like yourself, been in Gainesville for a long time, that's the beauty of this. It isn't just, you know, the, the Doug Dickey guys, you know, the early and mid-70s, you know, that, that 70, uh, you know, 3, 74, all that. But it's later guys, guys from the 80s, guys from the 90s, guys from the 2000s that are coming for this. That's Gator Nation. That's That, to me, Wayne, is the rallying cry with this, and, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Let me just ask you before I let you go. Speaking of Billy Napier, your thoughts on his hire? Say again? Uh, with Billy Napier, what are your thoughts on his hire here? Oh, what are my thoughts on his hire? Yeah. What a great hire. He's probably one of the most detailed, aware coaches that the University of Florida has had. And for him to come in and bring in other experienced coaches as well, his staff, his recruiter, the recruiter that he has, Katie Turner, I understand that she is outstanding. And with all of the information that they have in reference to the transfer portal and bringing in players from all over the state, and then for, and let me please drop a name, for Phil Farr to give us the opportunity to be involved, to reach out to the former players, to also get involved into this booster raising to support one of the 85 scholarships, because that's what Leonard George and Willie Jackson's um, endowment will do. But the Athletic Association also put a beautiful mural up in the stadium. And when you mm-hmm. go in gate two, the first thing you'll see is Leonard George and Willie Jackson. And we're so thankful and proud of that. And we're hoping we're going to be there for every single home game. We'll be tailgating, and we'll be bringing other alumni out there. That's really cool. Um, have fun. I wish I was there. I mean, I love doing baseball. This, like I said, one weekend, I wish I was home. <laughs> uh, but, you know, enjoy it, and, uh, and, and thank you for taking time to talk about it. I appreciate you, my well, friend. Well, Steve, thank you very much. And everyone come out tonight. We've got players that will be signing and autographing shirts, pictures, and we've got Yetis that we'll be auctioning off and people can raffle with, and we'll be at Steve Spurrier starting at 4 p.m. this afternoon. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy it. Thanks, Wayne. Thank you, Steve. You got it. Wayne Fields, uh, who was, you know, I, I know I'm getting older, and I understand that, and, you know, young people today – don't know who a player like he was or Jimmy DuBose was or maybe even Wes Chandler was. There were a lot of good players. You know, Doug Dickey had some teams here when they ran the wishbone that were really good. They just couldn't get over the hump. But some of those mid-70s teams uh, were mighty good. Charlie Cream's going to join us at the bottom of the hour to – Go over the women's Final Four, which kicks off in Minneapolis. If you want to talk baseball, Major League Baseball, I also want to congratulate uh, Gator Gymnastics winning their regional. Um, So that was cool.
And again, they they are primed. I, I, I hope this is the year for them. They have had a terrific season to this point. Um, so let's hope it will continue for them. It is uh, 114 time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF. Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Marshall Tempest. The Gator men's tennis squad hosts LSU here at home for a match starting at 5 p.m. The Gator baseball team heads to Athens, Georgia to face off against the University of Georgia today. They play a second game against Georgia Saturday, which starts at 2 p.m. Coverage for tonight's game starts right here at 655. Gator softball head to Auburn and face off at 7 p.m. tonight. They'll stay and play again Saturday at 3 p.m. and Sunday at 2 p.m. Gator volleyball squad heads down to Orlando to face off against the UCF Knights tonight, starting at 7 p.m. The Magic also play tonight, hosting the Toronto Raptors. The game starts at 7 p.m. That's your Gainesville Sports Center, and I'm Marshall Tempest. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. If you're thinking about selling your home... In a seller's market, well, selling it is the easy part. But the problem is most agents don't have the systems or the guarantees, the buyers, or a track record for getting you the most money and for finding your next home. That's why I highly recommend Scott Caldwell with your home sold guaranteed realty for anybody who needs to sell and buy their next home. You've been hearing me talk about Scott for a long time now. He's got thousands of exclusive buyers written guarantees, and a proven track record making your experience smooth, hassle-free, and most importantly, putting the most money in your pocket. He's done that for all kinds of people in Gainesville, Ocala, and points in between. He can do the same for you. Call Scott. You'll be glad you did. 352-209-0000. Or make an appointment at CaldwellHasTheBuyers.com. That's CaldwellHasTheBuyers.com. Spring has sprung. And with the warmer temperatures, it's time to heat up your outdoor entertainment. Hi, this is Tom Collette at Electronics World. Upgrade your outdoor space now with the latest gear at Electronics World. With outdoor TVs from Sunbright and Samsung. Outdoor speakers from Yamaha, Sonance, Speakercraft, Kef, Martin Logan, and more. We've got everything you need to entertain your family and friends. Come see and hear for yourself at Electronics World in Gainesville or online at electronicsworld.net. Kids are amazing. And at Florida Kid Care, we think their health care should be amazing too. That's why millions of Florida's kids from birth through the end of age 18 get their health and dental insurance for free or at a low cost. And your child can too. Apply today at floridakidcare.org or 1-888-540-KIDS. That's 1-888-540-5437. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill is a special type of place for Gator fans and fans of great food, which is why we've made every day special. Join us on Martini Tuesdays for half off our handcrafted martinis and Wine Wednesdays, where you can enjoy a bottle of wine for 50% off. And of course, don't forget the incredible Spurrier's Gridiron Grill brunch every Saturday and Sunday. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, the hottest restaurant in Florida, in the heart of Gator Nation. And you can now purchase our merchandise at the restaurant or online at shop.spurriers.com. We are your home for the Rays, the Lightning, and the Bucks. 
We are proud to bring Tampa to Gainesville. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And online at WRUF.com. Welcome back to Sports Scene Today, live from Athens, Georgia, getting you ready for Gator Baseball tonight. Let's take some calls, 392-8255. Chrissy is first. Chrissy, welcome. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm you know, listening to today's show and catching some of it and hearing the talk about those who have, have suffered or will suffer from um, – CTE or things associated with the blows that come at, you know, the hands of football. And um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Tommy Durrance. He, um, you'll remember, touchdown Tommy. Mm-hmm. And when Tommy was still a young man, healthy man, began symptoms um, of some type of degenerative brain issue and was eventually diagnosed um you know, I can't be exact on the diagnosis, but it was basically a degenerative cerebellum, so a brain stem, and, you know, was able to, you know, have time to kind of go over that for a while in his mind. And one of the things that he said that I think of often is that even if he knew for sure that this condition came from ducking his head as a running back and running that ball, he wouldn't trade his years at Florida for anything. And so Tommy died in his 60s. We don't know if it's, you know, Florida football or if it was just something that that occurred. But nonetheless, um, as a fan who loves to watch a good defensive hit um, and as somebody who loved Tommy Durrance, um, it's comforting. You know, the, the years that they have, and you see it in a, in a group like these men tonight, the camaraderie, the lifetime of friendship and brotherhood, um, the ability to learn to become a man, um, all those things, there's so much involved with football. And um, anyway, just, just kind of thinking about Tommy and knowing that if it were, you know, a different situation, he'd be there tonight. Okay, Chrissy, thank you for your call. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yep. One of the things, too, that's interesting, and I don't care if it's Florida, Georgia, you know, wherever it is, there is a bond. And I I think at times that's been missing here. I I won't go into – I think there is a group of Gator players in the past who feel like they've been underappreciated. And that's too bad. And I don't know whose job it is to make them feel more welcomed, but I I, I hope whatever fences were broken down will be mended because they are part of the history of the sport at Florida. And so, you know, like a lot of those guys in the 80s just don't feel like they've been appreciated at all. And that's too bad because some of those 80s teams were really, really good. Boxing Jim, hello. Conversation with Wes Chandler. 
Mm-hmm. And as I recall, uh, I don't know what, you know, grade he would have been in uh, at the time, but Denton, well, and he was an excellent receiver, and I, and I like West Chandler. And, uh, well, I actually really started uh, the last year, being a Gator fan the last year, uh, Coach Gray's and all, and uh, but really from 74 to now. But um, didn't, uh, didn't Florida play Texas Tech in a Blue Bunny Bowl when West Chandler was a receiver? And uh, I think they I think they won the game. And uh, but uh, I recall, if, if I'm correct on this, and and I'd like to know if I am. And you look in New York eyes, Steve, and correct me, or either uh, tell me I'm correct. But he uh, he called a pass, and he kind of turned around a little bit and taunted a little bit the uh, the defender and all. But I think and made a pretty touchdown uh, catch and all. But uh, but I think we end up losing the game. That should have been the old Blue Bonnet Bowl, Texas. Well, Texas. Jim, I, I can I'm, maybe yeah. Sam, who's my producer today, or Eli can look this up because it's lookupable. I believe yeah. I'm correct in this. I don't believe Florida won a bowl game. No, no, and, we didn't and, win it. We, oh, we I thought you said they beat game. Texas Tech. No, 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 no. I no. Uh, Florida lost the game, but West Chandler made a nice catch, and he kind of turned and taunted the uh, defender a little bit and, and went on, I think, and scored. But no, 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 Florida did not win that game. No, sir. Yeah, I believe it was Texas A&M, I think. And I can maybe look at that. Because I know in 73 when they were going to fire Doug Dickey and they came back, you know, Wayne Fields referenced that they came back and won a bunch of games. They played the Tangerine Bowl in Florida Field and a freezing night. And a guy yeah, named Ron Zook played in that game from Miami of Ohio, and they beat Florida. And then Florida went to the Sugar Bowl and played David Hum in Nebraska, and, you know, a a bad call cost them in that game, and they lost. And I think the running back's name was Woodard, who played at A&M, and I think he just ran all over Florida. So I think Florida got to four straight bowl games but lost them all. Okay. But but that's look-upable. He can help me do that. May have been a and M, but I just somehow think the the red. Okay, well, we'll we'll try to look it up stick, for you. You know, stick out. That'd be great. But also, what you just said about the uh, players, yeah. In, in older days, there was the camaraderie. There was more of the team mentality, and uh, you know, rah rah rah, our school, we're true to our school. I think in the latter days, uh, the people have become. I mean, the players have become. Uh, what can you do for me? Help me get to the NFL, and I mean that's just my opinion now. And it's and you've lost some of that, you know. And I'm an old school person, and I like the old ways better. All right, thank you. Um, by the way, uh, I was right. Texas A&M in the Sun Bowl, Florida lost in the Sun Bowl, uh, and I think the guy's name was Woodard, the running back who just completely ran over Florida. Dan, welcome to the show. Well, Steve, uh, you said exactly what I was going to say. It was uh, that Sun Bowl game, and you were correct about Woodard, and he did get a taunting penalty. But the game was already out of hand. Uh, It was a late touchdown that Chandler scored. Okay. See, it's that's how many years ago was that? My gosh. Yeah. Um, But you know, the one the one thing that pops in my mind when I think of West Chandler is what a waste of talent 
when he was here. Um, absolutely, you know, they did not throw the ball back then. Uh, so it was just um, amazing. He caught, so here it says, um, 92 passes for 1,963 yards and 22 touchdowns. Uh, that, to me, is what some of these um, Gator, Gator receivers did in one year. Under the under the Spurrier um, system, you know, but he was well, yeah, I mean, different era. There were a lot of teams running the wishbone then. It was just different era. Yeah, but I agree with you about the '75 team. Um, and uh, as I've said many times, Appleby to Washington was the biggest pain I've ever suffered as a Gator fan. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, the pitches that uh, Georgia hit last night in the ninth inning off the reliever those are first pitch um were those fastballs or were they uh sliders or what fastballs fastballs so that's what i figured first pitch fastball sitting on it waiting and boom okay do you agree with that well i mean i don't know if they're waiting on it i mean but the key to the inning was not that i mean batters are going to hit the ball yeah. Okay, but the when pitcher's hit, job hit pitch. is to keep them off the base, and they didn't yeah. do that. They walked a yep. guy and hit a guy before that. Yep. That's yep. what set that whole thing up. Yeah, when when they hit that batter, I, I just thought, this is not looking good because um, that's just something you just cannot, cannot have happen. Okay, well, no. I just wanted to uh, weigh in and um, you know say that uh, West was a great player and certainly underutilized in that era. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate your call. Um, coming up, we're going to talk women's basketball, the Final Four commencing in Minneapolis. Charlie Cream, who is the ESPN bracketologist for women's basketball, will join us next. 128, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. Longer days, warmer weather. This is the time of the year you need to be enjoying life without joint pain. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Time to call QC Kinetics. They're helping people here and all over America get real, lasting pain relief. They use highly concentrated, cutting-edge, natural biologic treatments that can restore and repair damaged joint tissue, getting to the root of the pain. It's life-changing. You can get back to moving like you used to with no drugs, surgery, and downtime. If you have nagging pain in your knees, hips, shoulders, or back and you're done with steroids and pain meds, call QC Kinetics. And if they're telling you surgery is your next option, don't do it. Call QC Kinetics for a free consultation and free second opinion. Learn more about these amazing natural biologic treatments. Enjoy this time of year doing what you love. Call the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics now. Now with offices in Ocala and the Villages, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall, we do them all. There's Easter candy for the kids, and then there's Easter candy for you. Find your Easter basket at Thornbrook Chocolates. This year, make sure to try one of their egg-siding assortments, where even the tray is made of chocolate. Find them in Thornbrook Village at thornbrookchocolates.com and on Facebook. 
from the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Get a nice little break from showers and thunderstorms for your Friday with partly cloudy skies today, highs in the lower 80s. We'll see a return to rain chances though just in time for your Saturday, mainly during the afternoon and evening. Some of the rain could be heavy at times. Might even hear a few rumbles of thunder, some even strong storms possible, especially south of Ocala, looking drier and sunnier by Sunday. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Justin Ballard. This, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show. And I don't know if Tiger can play Augusta and not play to win Augusta. Like, I don't know if he's wired that way. And, like, he doesn't have to prove himself anymore. And, you know, it's always you kind of prove to yourself. Like, Tom Brady can't be the goater. He's the goat. Like, he can't be greater than what he is. He's already the goat. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. We are your home for the NCAA basketball tournament and the Final Four. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. By the way, this went back just for uh, accuracy's sake. I looked at my notes from last night. Uh, when McAllister hit the uh, two-run double to win the game, it was not a fastball. Uh, it was a hanging, breaking ball that he hit, and he pulled down the third base line. So uh, that was the winning hit for Georgia last night. Well, the women's Final Four is commencing in Minneapolis. One SEC team, South Carolina, is there. We're going to bring in ESPN women's college basketball bracketologist Charlie Cream to talk about the uh, Minneapolis Final Four. Charlie, good to have you again. How are you? Hey, Steve. Good to be with you again. Thank you. Yep. Uh, you know, as you look back uh, on this year, you know, Kim Mulkey was just named the AP Coach of the Year, turning around LSU, the job that Kelly Ray Finley did. Uh, now you have a new coach at Georgia. As you look at SEC women's basketball overall, Charlie, what do you see in this league? Well, you mentioned the coaching. The coaching is phenomenal. I mean, you, you didn't even get to Dawn Staley, obviously. Right. She's in the Final Four, and, and she's uh, she's won already some National Coach of the Year awards as well. The, the coaching depth. And, and then when Texas comes in and you get Vic Schaefer, it just, it just gets better and better. That said, though, I, I'm a little, a little worried about the SEC next year. Uh, a lot of it's going to have to do with how the transfer portal works out. But a lot of players, there are a lot of veterans in the SEC this past season that are moving on and won't be playing college basketball next year. And quite frankly, outside of South Carolina and Tennessee, I don't see a, a, a surefire next really good team. I mean, LSU loses a ton. Kentucky loses Ryan Howard, and then three players are in the transfer portal. And Florida loses most of its production. Missouri loses Blackwell. So, that, so right now, it's a, a lot of the teams are losing people and have yet to reclaim anything. That said, the transfer portal is bursting at the seams, and there's going to be a lot of players available. So that could very well change. But right now, I think it's uh, it, it it stands to look like perhaps a slightly down year for the SEC. But a down year for the SEC is still pretty darn good for most leagues. Charlie, you kind of answered my question, my next question a little bit, but, you know, we always hear, you know, in men's basketball about the portal, the portal, the portal, 
But as you said, it's well-stocked on the women's side. Uh, Talent-wise in the portal, are there good? Are there a lot of good players available? Well, there there are. I think we mentioned some. I think, you know, uh, Edwards at Kentucky, I think, is going to help somebody. And certainly uh, Blackwell from Missouri is going to help somebody. Mm-hmm. And I... I, and quite honestly, they could transfer within the league, so they could just end up on somebody else. You know, it's uh, true. It, 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 I mean, it's already happened. Rakia Jackson was the was leading the league in scoring last year at Mississippi State before she decided she just kind of had enough of the program, and now she's landed at Tennessee. So it, it it very well could be just some players moving around in the league. I, I you kind of see that now a little bit more because of the freedom of the transferring, where you used to get punished if you tried to transfer to a team within your own conference. And, and now that, that part's wide open. So kids tend to go places where they, they're familiar. And they're certainly familiar with the league. They're familiar with some of the co- coaches that maybe that recruited them when they were coming out of high school. So there are, there are going to be some, some good players. There's going to be more good players. But I, a lot of the good players that are in the portal right now are from – the SEC, quite frankly, as I said, some of them could could end up staying in the league too. All right, let's talk about Minneapolis tonight. Um, let Let's start uh, with South Carolina uh, because an SEC team. Wh- who do you see coming out of this game? I have South Carolina. Uh, I just don't think South Carolina's defense is so so good, and you know I've been a little critical of the offense and the way it's played in the tournament, really the way it's played all season. But, but frankly, it's still a better offense than what Louisville brings to the table. And as good defensively as Louisville is, South Carolina is even better at that as well. So I, I see it, you know, for obvious reasons to be fairly low scoring. But you, know, I kinda, you kind of go through the matchups individually. You kind of look at what Louisville does best on offense to try to get as many points as they can. And those are the places where South Carolina really succeeds at shutting teams down. For instance, you know, Haley Van Lift is Louisville's best scorer but she's a smaller guard she's not she's a she's got a great mindset and a high iq and she's tough but she's not super quick and i think you know portions of the game you throw bria beal on her and she's not gonna be able to do anything and if and if van lift can't score then louisville can't win uh, it's just as simple as that because they don't have another enough other options out there to really go to I mean, Engstler will, 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 will do her thing and give South Carolina some problems, but her strength is length, and South Carolina has that in spades. So it's hard for me to find a scenario where South Carolina won't win this game tonight and, and won't do so, you know, obviously not in a high-scoring way, but, it, but to not be comfortable in the winning the game either. You know, what, the team that I think Charlie is playing the best is Stanford. I think they've been really good on defense, and I think dynamite offensively. And, you know, you never count UConn out. It's hard to believe UConn may be an underdog in this game, but do you agree with my point about Stanford? Yeah, oh, absolutely, 100%. I picked Stanford to win the game. They are, they're a better team than UConn. Uh, even this incarnation of UConn were, were well, uh, other than UHaas now getting hurt in the Elite Eight game, they're, they're whole again. Uh, but – Stanford's a better team. Stanford's deep. Stanford can throw a whole bunch of different permutations of lineups at you depending on the circumstances of the game. Uh, Tara Vandiver has sort of shrunk her rotation a little bit in the last couple of games, but she has the ability 
to very easily expand it. I mean, there, there, are, there have been back-to-back games this year where she's had someone that played 28 minutes and scored 12 points, and then the next game they played three minutes. And it doesn't wow. seem to bother anybody there. And, and they contribute in their own way, in the, and like I said, in a circumstantial type of situation. So there's all different places they can go. But they're, they're, late, they're long, too. Cameron Brink inside is going to give anybody trouble you know, she was really the difference against Texas in that third quarter, which was the difference in the game. Haley Jones is a six-one point guard. She's one of the best players in the country. She's a really difficult matchup because she can do a lot of different things. She doesn't shoot it great from deep, but she can get her shot inside the arc better than almost any player in the country. And then she rebounds like crazy, too. So she's a real difficult matchup at that point guard position. And, and they play so hard. And you're right, they are really, really good on defense. I, I think they're going to win the game, and I think we may get a rematch of last year's Final Four in the championship game this time. And, and that one's a lot tougher call if we do get Stanford in South Carolina. I want to end, Charlie, was, uh, you know, I watched um, Kim Mulkey when she got her AP Coach of the Year award, and she just kind of said, you know, you know, fine with what the award is, but this is all about the players and – you know, their development and what they do. You know, what a coach does is motivates. T- I mean, she almost downplayed what she's done as a coach, and we all know what she has done as a coach. I think that turnaround at LSU with her hire was outstanding. Do you agree? Amazing. I She was my vote for National Coach of the Year, and because of that job she did, I mean, just – Take away the three national championships. If you're trying to figure out if she's a good coach, just look at what LSU was last year and what LSU was this year, and it's really the same personnel, or it's largely the same personnel. It, those those players got better under her. And, and, yeah, you give credit to the players, but it can't be a coincidence that they, that they got that much better. I mean, Kayla Pointer was a good player. Kayla Pointer was a great player this year. She was a top 20 in the country player. And what's the, what's the difference? Everything else is kind of a common denominator except that one thing. Who's the coach? Well, Kim Mulkey was the coach. So I can appreciate her, her downplaying winning the award, and, and it is, it's nice to hear sort of passing along the accolades to the players. But let's face it, that was a very different team, and she was the main difference. And that program is going to be – they're, they're, well, go back to what I said earlier. They lose a ton of personnel, so I'm not sure what their roster is really going to look like next year. So I haven't, I haven't really elevated them into what I'm thinking about for next year. But with her at the helm, if they can get some players from the portal, then they're going to be right that, back there because of her competing in the top three or four in the league. Charlie, let me end because I, you know you're talking to a Gainesville audience here. You know Kelly Ray Finley did obviously a really nice job. Faded at the end, you know, injuries and other things. Two-part question here. Do you think that was a good hire for Florida? What kind of a job do you think she will do? I think it was a good hire. I think it was sort of a hire you, you couldn't – I think if you're an athletic director, you're sort of – the job she did this year, you, you kind of have to hire her, right? I mean, you, you that was the best Florida team we've seen in how many years, and she was the big change. So I, I think you, now, not I would have hired her too, though. Not, I'm not saying it was a forced deal. Certainly, I was. And she, I was a huge advocate for her. Uh, if it wasn't for Kim Mulkey, she would have been my national 
coach of the year vote. Wow. Uh, so right there, you're looking, you're looking at it, and then you've got Don Staley in the same conference. So any one of those three, in my mind, could have been. I think if Florida had finished a little stronger, that uh, Kelly Ray Finley may have gotten a little bit more consideration as far as that, that goes. But but I think now is where the real, the, real, the rubber hits the road. Do does she is she able to recruit as a head coach and put a staff together that can recruit as as a staff to get the kind of players that she had that elevated the program this year. So while it's a good it's certainly a good hire and one I would have made, I, I, I think now is the real test because it, it, it really comes down to that recruiting and can you bring in the, the kind of talent that's able to compete with the South Carolinas and the LSUs and the Tennessees of the world. So you know, I, I think the next year or two will be really important to watch and, and see if this is a, a long-term thing. Uh, that's actually a, a program I'm really curious about because I do like I do like what she did this year. I, I think you know Gator Nation should be certainly proud of what she was able to accomplish with this team. But you do lose a lot of talent, and now you got to go back and replenish, and you got to create that same chemistry that they had with a whole bunch of different people. So that becomes a big challenge. Charlie, I apologize. You mentioned a name earlier, and I want to end with this very quickly, Vic Schaefer. When he was at Mississippi yeah. State, that program went to heights it had not been to, and he left, and they quickly deteriorated. Can they recover? I don't know. <laughs> Frankly, I, I guess if, if, you, if I really have an answer, a yes or no, my answer is going to be no. The league is so good that you've got to have elite in a lot of different places. He is elite. And, 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 and they haven't had elite since. And, and, they, and they've gone through players leaving the program. They've, gone, they've brought players in through the transfer portal. And it's, it's been a lot of patchwork since he left. And it was a program when he was there. And it was, they were making Final Fours, and they were winning the conference. And they were South Carolina's chief rival. And, I mean, just look at the standings this year. Mississippi State can't even really see South Carolina anymore. Yeah, so it's right. going to. It's. It, I don't think right now. I don't think in the immediate future it, it is recoverable. I think we're looking at Mississippi State being somewhere in the bottom half of the league for the for the next few years, and, and until we see something, until we see something different. You know, the, the, can the new coaching staff recruit at the level that Vic recruited at? Can they coach at the level that he coached at? That's hard to do because he's one of the best in the business. So, you know, as I said, my, my, my one sort of direct answer to that would be no. I think Mississippi State is, is going to not be a team we talk about a whole heck of a lot when we're, we're talking about NCAA tournament bids or, you know, SEC tournament competitors, teams that can, you know, a team that can win. I think we're going to see a lot of what we just saw this past year, at, at least for a while. Charlie, great stuff. I always appreciate your time and enjoy Minneapolis, and we'll see what happens in the Final Four. Thank you very much. You got it, Steve. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Cream does a great job covering women's basketball. He is the uh, he is the ESPN bracketologist. Um, I'm just looking at now uh, how many SEC teams have advanced to regional finals in gymnastics. Florida advancing to the uh, Auburn regional final. Arkansas advances to the Norman regional final. Kentucky advanced. Uh, Missouri advanced. Uh, a lot of uh, SEC gymnastics teams doing really really well. It's 145, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Final segment here, still time for your calls. Live from Athens, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports.
Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Peggy Cosgrove. The Florida baseball team is taking on the Georgia Bulldogs again tonight for their second game in the three-game series. After losing 6-7 last night, the Gators are hoping to make a comeback. Tune in right here for live coverage of the game starting at 5.55 p.m. Continuing on the diamond, the 7th-ranked Florida softball team heads to Auburn for the weekend to take on the never-17 ranked Tigers. Gator Gymnastics will also continue their run in the NCAA tournament tonight, facing Auburn, Kentucky, and Denver on the road to the championship. Florida Volleyball also continues their spring schedule, facing off against the UCF Knights tonight at 7 p.m. That's the Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Peggy Cosgrove. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I first heard of Exceptional Dentistry through family. Our dentist had retired and we were looking for a new dentist and I valued everybody's input from the family. And so they said that it was professional, well done, friendly staff. Uh, they were just so impressed. I would like people to know about Exceptional Dentistry that you can trust them implicitly to do the best job ever. It's not your worry. Put the worry in their hands and then you'll have a great outcome. Let them do their thing. It's a great spot. We recommend them to everybody. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Software.com Accounting and payroll Keep your time and money Cloud-based premium accounting software and full-service payroll for up to 100 employees PatriotSoftware.com Accounting and payroll Keep your time and money Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, weekday mornings at 6, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. All right, we still have time for a segment of phone calls here, if you have them, before... I forget, though, I want to thank Sam and uh, Eli for producing the broadcast today. Thanks to our guests today, uh, Gator Greats, Wes Chandler, and uh, Wayne Fields, as they get set for uh, the gathering tonight over at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill uh, to help raise more money for the scholarships for the endowment for Leonard George and Willie Jackson Sr., and it's just such an impressive array of people and eras 
they're going to be coming to that and being part of that. Uh, and that's I just said it before. I just wish I could be there. Um, but it'll be fun to do that. Um, one thing I want to bring up about tonight's game, this is an important game. Not that they all aren't. But Georgia, at least on paper, has, I think, an advantage because their best arm is pitching tonight. And they won a game <clears throat> last night, A, beating Florida's best arm, and B, winning when they did not pitch their top guys. This is important. So if Florida can return the favor tonight, then they have a chance to win the series. And that's what you want to do if you're home or away, especially if you're away. Now, if you're away, you don't want to get swept. You, you just don't want to get swept. Florida only had eight hits last night. And I think that's, you know, yes, they hit the long ball, but only eight hits. Georgia had, I think, 11 last night. Florida hit 183 in the LSU series. And one of the things that was interesting to me before the game last night was some of the splits the Gator hitters had in terms of righty-lefty. Josh Rivera hitting 478 against lefties and 220 against righties. Colby Halter before last night, you know, most lefties don't hit lefties well. He hit 406 against lefties and just 258 against righties. Kendrick Kalilau, 421 against lefties, 246 against righties. Ryapel has had some issues lately striking. He did have a hit in an RBI last night, which was good. And Florida struck out nine times last night. Georgia struck out ten times last night. But they got Florida had just one hitter with multiple hits, and that was the nine-hole hitter in Gassetti, who was two out of four. Georgia had two hitters with multiple hit nights last night. Uh, in Tate, who had he was two for two, and then uh, McAllister, who was three for five. So again, we'll see what happens tonight, and you can <clears throat> you can hear it beginning at uh, five fifty-five. I'm going to end. If you if you have a call to get in, please do. And I want to apologize again today for all the emailers who normally email. I just forgot the iPad. Forgive me. Um, we will do it again Monday. Next week, Tim Walton will join us. He'll be here uh, on the show on Tuesday. It's a very big week for Gators softball in terms of who they play, and he will talk to you about that as well. And the Gators will get set for another Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. They go back-to-back Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, they'll take on Arkansas. Gator, man, what's up? What's going on, what's going on Steve? Just enjoying hey. this Sunday day. But as far as my yes. picks for this weekend, me and didn't win. All right. Give me Duke 79, North Carolina 76. Give me Kansas 71, Villanova 67. I just can't see them getting it done with the guy being hurt. As far as the women's go, give me North Carolina State 78 and South Carolina 75. I think the game cops go down. You give me UConn 76 and give me Stanford 73. Well, Louisville's playing the other game, though. I'm at Louisville, uh, I'm at Louisville against uh, uh, South Carolina. Okay. But, uh, so now you get to do your picks all over again because you, you messed me up. So who, go do the women again. Uh, you got Who you think going to make it? I think South Carolina wins, and I think Stanford wins. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I think Stanford's playing the best of anybody right now They're on both sides of the ball. I mean, Carolina plays great defense, but their offense is spotty. And I just think Stanford right now can score and they can defend. I think they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think Stanford, yeah, I think they can match up with the, uh, the big girl down low for South Carolina. I think that's going to be a problem. But uh, I don't and think then, I think, I think Mike Chester can go out on the high road. Yeah, I mentioned that at the top of the show. You know, I, I don't have – I mean, Duke and what he's done speaks for itself. Um, there, there are some people that don't like blue blood programs because, for whatever the reason, um, and you know, at the beginning of the year, I thought, okay, Coach K's last year, big deal, and you know, he's done enough. But now that he's gotten this far, you kind of want to see him finish it. So we'll see if he can. Oh no doubt. Well, all right, Steve, you have a great weekend. Gator man, you too. Appreciate your call. Thank you, sir. All right, we got about uh, four or five minutes left to get a quick call in in case you missed this. Uh, earlier in the show, Major League umpires now will have microphones on the field and they will address the crowd to tell them of their decisions. I, When I heard that, I thought to myself, they want to speed up the game and they're going to do this. Someday, this is a summertime conversation, I am, I am compiling a list of things to talk about when it's slow over the summer. Mark Wise is going to come back on for a couple of shows and talk about officiating and you know, how to fix the game in his eyes. But this is the other thing from a fan standpoint, and maybe I could even bring it up next week. Because as a fan, what would you rather have? a faster game or calls be right because look let's face it if you don't have as many challenges if you don't have as many replays then the game is not going to be as long that's just common sense but then if you don't have replay and you don't get calls that are wrong fixed or overturned then you have a game that, you know, who, whose outcome has been determined by a bad call. And if you're my age, you understand that's the way it used to be. Umpires, officials, human, you make errors, and it's unfortunate, but you live with it. Well, that's not good enough now. I don't know if it's, if it's because of the public demanding that they do it right. I don't know exactly why it is, but that is the way that it is now. But that, that might be a topic for another day. What do, you, what do you want? What do you want more? A faster game or the calls to be made right? And understand this, commercials aren't going away. They're not. And so because of that, in part, you sit at the ballpark longer, you sit at the football field longer, and it makes the game longer. That's just how it is. All right, we are just about done. Don't forget baseball tonight at 5.55 tomorrow. The getaway game will air at 1.55. We'll see how the Gators will do. The Gators come home 
will play uh, Florida A&M, I think, on Tuesday, and then again they're going to turn right around and play a really good Arkansas team. And last night Auburn beat LSU six to five. Auburn's four and three in the SEC. Florida, Auburn has a better record in the SEC than Florida. Auburn. You don't hear Auburn talked about in terms of you know the Arkansas's and the LSU's and you know, they got a better record than LSU too in the SEC. LSU's dropped to three and four. So you just don't know. Our thanks to Gator greats Wayne Fields and Wes Chandler for being here today. ESPN women's college basketball bracketologist Charlie Cream giving his thoughts on tonight's Final Four. Thanks to Eli and Sam for producing the broadcast today. And as always, we thank you for tuning in and listening. The On Deck Baseball Show, Jeff and I will have that next Wednesday. Uh, we're done with basketball now, sadly. A hoop, there it is. It gets put to sleep till what, November? Whatever it is, we're going to do it. Um, but always enjoy Mark Wise doing it. We will talk to you tonight on Gator Baseball. Hope the rest of your day goes well. You are listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. See you tonight on Gator Baseball. So long, everybody. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.